All right, welcome back to the Golf Preview Podcast and RJ Bell's Dream Preview. I'm your host, Will Doctor. We have a ton to do today and very little time to do it. Uh, with the WGC Dell match play up in Austin at ACC kicking off in uh, less than 24 hours. Today, I'll give you um, a best bet for the WGC and Corrales Punicana, which is the opposite field event going on in Dominican. I'll go through all 16 groups of the pool play for match play. And plus, I'll give you who makes the the finals for the match play. I'll also give you who wins uh, the finals this week at Austin Country Club. Let's start with a little review, though, the Ballast Bar Championship, where I was all last week down in Tampa, Florida. Uh, Palm Harbor, to be totally exact, about 25 minutes west of Tampa. But listen, the, the Copperhead course, once again, proved to be a great test. You know, Valspar was only the fifth event of the wraparound season where the cut was over par after 36 holes. Number one and number two, there was only one player, our guy Taylor Moore at 70 to one, who we'll get to. There was only one player who reached double digits under par at 10 under. Now, this is coming after a week where, you know, the USGA drops the news that they'll be p- proposing some rollbacks of the golf ball, you know, in particular, you know, talking about rolling it back about 20 yards. Uh, because, well, for a variety of reasons, they feel like, you know, some of these historic golf courses won't be able to buy more acreage. You know, the, the cost of maintenance goes up when you, uh, keep extending these, these, uh, these golf courses because the ball keeps going farther. You know, maybe it's not the ball. Uh, that's what I took out of last week at Valspar, Valspar. Maybe it's not the golf ball. Maybe these courses need to set up a little bit harder. Uh, you know, the Copperhead course, only 7,300 yards, but there's dog legs everywhere. If you aren't on the fairway or the green, you're in rough that is up to your ankles where, you know, if you're about 160, 165 out, you're laying up on par fours and the greens are amongst the smallest on the PGA tour. So, uh, you know, Valspar was an excellent test. I feel like for courses that feel like they're getting overpowered by the golf ball, they should take out of take a page out of the Valspar championships book. Uh, and, you know, it wasn't even, we, we, we've seen that happen at Valspar over the years. It was increasingly more difficult this year uh, because the rough was an inch and a half longer. I, you know, I was out there um, on Thursday, uh, Thursday afternoon, watching my buddy Cole Hammer finish up. And I was lucky enough to, to walk 12 holes with the great Todd Anderson, who's the swing coach of uh, Brant Snedeker, was the swing coach of Brant Snedeker through, through Sned's prime years of winning the FedEx Cup and you know, his, you know know the rest of his Hall of Fame career. Anderson now works with Billy Horschel and Kar Yon, uh, who who was playing with Hammer through the opening two rounds. And you know, as I walked with Anderson through one and and Hammer's third round, uh, and 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 was digesting shots, you know, through his eyes, it became very apparent that any approach shot that missed long around Copperhead was an automatic double bogey or worse. And generally, missing long with your approach on any PGA Tour golf course isn't recommended. And that even goes for Carl in the clubhouse playing a weekend nine point game as well. Long is never good due to the fact that most greens on golf courses are built from back to front. Uh, of course, there's some exceptions, but at Copperhead last week with the rough up and the diameter of the greens being amongst the smallest on tour, the difference uh, between the leaders and those that missed the cut was the placement on the approach shots. You miss long, you're making double. And ultimately, 
That is what Adam Shank, Jordan Spieth, Webb Simpson, Tommy Fleet, Fleetwood, and our guy Taylor Moore did well all week long. Great approach numbers. I got to tell you that through the week at Innisbrook, my winner Taylor Moore was not entirely on my radar until maybe Saturday afternoon. He shot even par on Thursday. He was five shots back of the lead. You knew after day one that there would be some volatility in the leaderboard with you know Ryan Brim and, and Steven Yeager and Adam Shank leading the way. Of course, Brim won the Puerto Rico Open last year, but that's a whole lot different than you know, being in contention at the Valspar Championship. Uh, Friday made a little more sense with Fleetwood, Spieth, Davis, Riley, and, Riley, and Cody Gribble uh, getting into the mix. Riley finished second at Valspar in 2022, and Gribble's a huge lefty who's you know now three-plus years removed from his maiden PGA Tour victory at the Sanderson Farms. But Friday was really the day that Taylor Moore entered the golf tournament. He posted 67 on Friday, and that put him just three back of Adam Shank's 36-hole lead at 7-under. We get to Saturday, and around 3 p.m. Eastern, Taylor Moore is even through nine holes and, and was just playing mistake-free golf. But what you wondered is if he could make enough birdies late Saturday with the wind picking up. You wondered if he had that type of performance in the tank, but you know, 14 and 15 late in that third round is, is where the dreamers started to believe in Taylor Moore. He birdied the par five 14th with these, and then he delivers an incredible iron shot in the deep 215 yard par three 15th that landed, you know, 12 and a half feet right of the hole. And you know, those were the type of iron shots. That kept more in the mix all week long. Those low piercing cuts that did not have a, a shot of missing long. So he goes back to back on 14 and 15 on Saturday. Uh, pars in around the snake pit. And all of a sudden, Taylor Moore was two back of the lead heading into Sunday. And looking back going into last week, Taylor Moore had six top 25s and, and 12 starts, but not a single top 10. You know, I loved Moore, who was. 103rd in the world heading into last week. I loved him because he's got incredible numbers from that 150 to 200 yard range as far as approach is concerned. And number two was because how consistent his results have been coming into last week. It, it wasn't that hard to see. Uh, he is, you know, an extremely talented goal and routine oriented individual. And, and that's why I had full faith. In the kid from San Angelo, Texas, as he began Sunday, two shots back of the lead. But starting Sunday, when you know the average fan, when when Barney at the bar looked at the leaderboard, there was there was no way anyone had Taylor Moore beating Webb Simpson, Tommy Fleetwood, and and Jordan Spieth. Fleetwood, you know, shockingly enough, still looking for his first PGA Tour win, and. To be honest, Spieth or Shank should have won that golf tournament. I mean, number one, Spieth hitting his tee shot in the water right on 16 was shocking. I mean, the fact that he saved bogey from there was incredible. Spieth misses a very, a very makeable birdie look on 17 after he hit his uh, approach that ended up being the closest to the day on that long 
par three seventeenth. And number three, Shanks T shot on eighteen coming to rest against the trunk of a tree after not hitting really a single bad drive all week. It came to rest on the trunk of a tree left of that 18th fairway. Uh, and, you know, if if Shank hits it in the fairway or just puts it in position for an approach, he's 100% posting at 10 under and going to a playoff with Taylor Moore. That didn't happen. Now, Moore's journey to 10 under on Sunday really started on the back nine. He played his last 14 holes at, at three under. He fired one under on the front with his only mistake coming on seven where he made bogey. 12 really set the tone. He stuck his approach into that back right pin from 167. That really set up an easy tap in. And, and then he birdied 15 again for the second day in a row. And at that point, he's still at nine under. And, and, and you wonder where more could possibly find a birdie around the snake pit. 16, 17, and 18 at Copperhead. And you know, to everyone's shock, Taylor Moore absolutely goes Drano from 26 and a half feet on 16 for birdie after a smart, conservative approach shot to the middle of that green. The same approach that I was talking about with Todd Anderson on Thursday. The same approach that he said, if you do that 18 times around Copperhead, you're going to win this golf tournament. And that's what Taylor Moore did. Now, after a beautiful sand save on 17 from the front bunker. Taylor Moore didn't have a, a victory lap up 18 by any means. He drove it left on 18, hit an approach probably, you know, 45 feet short of the pin, but on the green, it was a back pin on Sunday. And he lagged it up there to about six feet and ultimately sealed it with a six foot par putt. Um, he was in the house, of course, before Shank and Spieth, but he made that six-foot par putt before either one of those two guys threw up all over themselves in the final group. Spieth on 16, Shank on 18. So the unlikely Taylor Moore, who, I mean, everyone knows it, absolutely nobody picked except for me at 70 to 1. And no one picked him, not on TV. Not the the Twitter talking heads, not the the dot com frauds. None of them had any idea that Taylor Moore was going to win last week, and and that was just very apparent, not surprising, and it was also very apparent apparent because the broadcast team didn't have a lick of information ready to roll regarding Taylor Moore. It, it was tough. It was tough to you look up the guy, and he doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. Um. Uh, but those are the kind of guys that we spotlight here on the Dream Preview. I think everyone was either ready for a, a speed win or a Shank versus Timor playoff. But with Spieth's water ball on 16 and the bad break Shank had with his tee shot on 18, the golf gods were 100p, 100p with us on Sunday afternoon. As our only outright winner of last week, Taylor Moore at 70 to 1 hits in what was the second outright of the wraparound season and first since Keegan Bradley's won at the Zozo Championship. 
And just a couple more notes before we move into the Dell match play predictions. Taylor Moore was 64 for 64 on putts inside seven feet last week. 64 for 64. That's incredible. That plays just as big a role as what he did with his approach shots all week. That's number one. Number two, if you had bet one unit on all bets since the start of the spring season, you were down 12.2 units going into the Valspar. We've now flipped the, the script on that with the 70 to one winner. And once again, if you're a one unit better on all picks I give out, you're now up 37.8 units on the season. Number three, we might as well review my outright winner since I've been with you on this podcast. We go Scotty Scheffler at the 2022 Waste Management, which was 22, 22 to 1 odds. I hit Scheffler again at last year's Masters at 22 to 1 odds. And then it was JT at 16 to 1 odds at last year's PGA. I hit the 16 to 1 ticket on Xander at the Travelers once he hit the Gala, threw up on himself in that left fairway bunker on 18. I hit Cam Smith's Open Championship victory at 22 to 1. I picked Finau to win at the 3M at 14 to 1. And we had Rory to ultimately take down Scheffler at the Tour Championship at 12 to 1. Then, of course, we had one outright hit over the fall wraparound with Keegan at the Zozo. You know, that was 40 to 1 odds. And now we're on the boards with our first winner of the spring. With Taylor Moore winning the Valspar at 70 to 1. So the bottom line is I've hit nine outright winners in the last 14 months, with five of those being 22 to 1 or greater odds. And listen, I'm not handing out, I'm not sitting here handing out five to six winners a week like some of these clowns. It's one to two outright winners a week. You know the routine. A little favorites discussion, a couple matchups, a couple picks to place, a winner or two. A sleeper, a couple props, a best bet, and you're in and out of here. It's that simple. Let's get into the WGC. The format today will be a little different with match play going on. We'll go through all 16 groups. I'll tell you who's going to make it out of pool play. I think I'm only passing on five groups. I'll answer most of your questions as far as pool play is concerned. I'll give you my pick for who matches up in the finals, who wins the finals a sleeper, a best bet, and also an additional best bet for the opposite field event uh, at the Corrales Punicana Championship that will fire up Thursday in the Dominican. And one more thing, I did not get a chance to shop around like I normally do week to week. Uh, got back from the Valspar yesterday. WGC Dell match play starts Wednesday because of the, the round-robin pool play. Uh, basically... The odds you hear today are either the odds that were in my local book or that I that I searched around um, on DraftKings and what I think the odds should be for that particular player. So let's start with Group One, Scotty Scheffler. You'll find from you know twelve to thirteen to one odds to win. He's in there with Tom Kim, who's at sixty-seven to one to win. Alex Dorn, who's at one eleven to one to win, and Davis Riley, who's at two eleven to one to win. Um, you know, Tom Kim, you know, he's great in this format, as we saw in the President's Cup. Davis Riley, he put himself in contention at Valspar again 
Um, and as someone who you've probably heard, you've heard the jingle this week, Davis Riley has faced Scotty in a couple of U.S. junior match play situations. I see Scotty uh, getting through group one with, you know, with no particular problem. I see him getting through this one fairly easily. And I'll tell you why a little later on the show, because I have Scotty obviously going a long way um, as the defending champion group two, you have, you have Rom Horschel, Mitchell and Fowler, John Rom 18 to one to win Billy Horschel about one ten to one to win should be one eighty. Keith Mitchell. He's in the 60 to one range in most books and Ricky Fowler is coming in at, at, at 60 to one when he should be coming in at closer to 75 to one. Um, you know, Rom obviously withdrew from the players' stomach issues a couple weeks ago. He's finished fifth and ninth in his last two starts at match play. And when you talk about what he's done from a match play perspective, I think about Rom defeating Tiger in Sunday singles at the 2018 Ryder Cup in Paris. Um, you know, Billy Horschel. I told you early on in the show, I walked about 12 holes with his swing coach, Todd Anderson at the Vallis bar. I didn't get an update on Billy, uh, but he's emceed in three of his last four starts. Of course he won this event back in 2021. So he's a defending champion as well. Keith Mitchell. I'm not particularly fond of this week. I don't think he makes it out of pool play. I don't think he has a shot. Uh, 26th at his maiden WGC Dell match play start last year. And, you know, Ricky Fowler, while I think he's back very soon, whether it's the Valero next week or, um, you know, at some point in time over the next couple of months, it's unfortunate, you know, Ricky uh, gets put in the same, in the same group as Rom, um, who's, you know, one of three of the best players in the world right now. I see Rom winning this group at plus one twenty to plus one fifty odds, depending on what book you're, what, which book you're looking at. So my pick coming out of Group One will be Scotty Scheffler to win that group at plus one seventeen odds. Similar story with Group Two with Rom. I'm taking him to get out of Group Two at plus one twenty to plus one fifty. Uh, those two, Scotty Scheffler and John Rom, uh, will be going very far. In this event, we'll talk more a little bit about that later on. But Rom is my pick for group two. You know, Billy Horschel is a past champion here. Uh, you know, he comes into this at, at, at 110 to one odds to win. Um, but he's missed cuts in three of his last four starts at the Genesis, the AP, and the players. You know, Keith Mitchell, who comes in here at 60 to one on most books, um, you know, he, he finished 26th the WGC Dell match play last year. I'm out on Keith this week. And, you know, while Ricky Fowler is going to break through again very soon, you know, he finished 13th to players. He doesn't have a shot against Rom this week. Uh, you talk about these two guys, these first two picks, Scheffler and Rom, when they get in a match, match play situation around this golf course where there's such a premium on driving the golf ball and good luck beating them. Good luck beating them. We moved to group three. Uh, number one, Roy McIlroy comes in at 11 to one on DraftKings. He's, you know, 34, 18 and four career in match play. He's having issues with the putter though. Miscut at the players due to just a, just a terrible display, a terrible performance on the greens. You know, Todd Lewis of golf channel reported that Rory's tinkering with a few different wands, Scotty Newport, uh, plus the, the tailor made reps have a couple spiders for him ready to go. You know, this is a huge week 
uh, for Rory. I'm not sure if he's playing Valero in two weeks or next week. My apologies. But this is a huge week as far as him getting prepared for the Masters is concerned. I don't know if I trust the putter. You know, number two in group three is going to be Keegan Bradley, uh, who comes in at 80 to one. You know, he has very solid Ryder Cup and President's Cup records. That can't be said for his past results in in these WGC match play events. He's 112 and six, Keegan is. 112 and six. Match WGC match play record, which tells you a little bit more about how Keegan performs in in singles match play format rather than team format, which would include foursomes and four balls. Keegan had a very good match play format run with Phil Mickelson at the Ryder Cup and President's Cups in the mid to late 2010s. Not the greatest match play performer when it comes to singles. You know, Scott Stallings comes in here at, at 190 to one. I'm out on Scott. I'm I'm out on Scott Stallings. He you know, he's shown us nothing this year and you know has not had any success in match play format through his career. The guy that you have to keep an eye on in group three is Denny McCarthy, uh, who comes in here at 101 odds on draft, 101 odds on DraftKings, which is actually a good number. For McCarthy, he's been playing well, you know, the last couple of weeks with top 20s at the players and in Tampa. McCarthy is is an incredible putter and someone with with you know pretty limited match play experience. He had a great college career at Virginia, and you know, someone like Taylor Moore, who you know we'll see winning on the PGA tour very, very soon. I'm not betting on anything out of this group, but if you're sold on the idea that Rory McIlroy is in trouble with the putter and he is tinkering, if you're sold on on that idea, then Denny, Denny McCarthy to come out of Group Three at plus three forty is an excellent bet. We move to to Group Four, where it's Patrick Cantlay at eighteen to one to win, Brian Harmon eighty eight to one to win, KH Lee at one hundred twenty to one to win, and Nick Taylor at one forty to one fifty to one to win. Cantlay is a plus 136 to come out of this group. And he hasn't finished outside of top 10 and three starts. Brian Harmon, who is not going to come out of this group, credit to him for having a career match play record above 500. You know, Nick Taylor, if this was anywhere except Florida or Texas, I might think about, but he's just an atrocious putter on Bermuda greens. But, you know, he is coming off a 10th place finish in Tampa. He's having a fantastic year. He finished second out in Phoenix with a couple other top tens. But ultimately, my pick to come out of group four is going to be KH Lee at, at, at plus 450 odds, 40th ranked player in the world who has won two PGA Tour events back to back at the Byron Nelson. He's going to try to make it three in May there at Craig Ranch. And let's not forget how gritty KH Lee was at the President's Cup last fall at Quail Hollow. You know, I love where his iron play is. I love where his his driving ability is. I love how he's rolling it on the greens. And I saw it all right in front of my eyes last week at Valero, where he finished 19th. So KH Lee to come out of group four plus 450 is my pick there. We move to group five. Max Homa opens at 27 to one to win. Hideki opens at 60 to one to win. Kevin Kisner. Uh, don't even think about Kisner this week. How about that? Uh, this guy has not played anywhere near 
what we expect of him since switching to Wilson. I don't know what the deal is, but I've heard a lot of talking heads tell you this week that because he performed well in past WGC Dell match plays that you need to bet on him this week. That is so far from the case. And it's not, it's not a hard, I mean, just, just search this guy on PGA tour.com, Kevin Kisner, look at his results. Uh, he can't find the face. Can't find the face on the golf club. Big Kisner fan. Love the, you know, ain't no hobby thing. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of that, but he should have stuck with Callaway. Um, you know, this is not the 60s where, you know, Wilson's pumping out the best equipment on the market. No, 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 no. That's a shocking brand. Shocking. This is not tennis. This is not tennis. You know, Justin Suh is number four in this group. You know, I had dinner with Justin Thursday night at Valles Bar. I went out for Korean food with Michael Kim, who, you know, won the John Deere a couple of years ago. And my buddy James Yoon, who I was staying with and... And, you know, uh, James was teammates with Michael Kim at Cal. We had a great evening, you know, and and Michael and Justin are just two of the chillest guys that you'll meet on the PGA Tour. And, and Suh is one of the more talented young guys out there out of USC. You know, he had a very decorated amateur career. He's a power player who is going to have a ton of big-time success in the PGA Tour. He got there this year by winning the Corn Ferry Tour money list last season and he actually didn't get into match play until Saturday. Uh, so hope he has a solid week. I will say, this is interesting, non-bias aside, Homa and Hideki are both well below average putters on Bermuda Greens. And we talked about Kisner, who doesn't have a chance this week. I got to say, if you got to take one person out of group five, it's got to be Justin Suh at plus 360. I mean, with Homa and Hideki, I, I love both their games, but... They, you know, match play is, is, is all about how you show up with the putter. Of course, you have to ball strike it well. You know, you got to drive it well. But ultimately, it comes down to making putts. And, and Homa and Hideki don't do that in Bermuda. And while Kisner is a very, you know, accomplished putter through his career, you can't trust what how he's striking the golf ball. If you have to take a pick for group five, it's Justin Suh plus 360. Group six, um, you know, the only player for group six to come out of there is Xander Schauffele at plus 161. You know, Tom Hoagie is an, is an outstanding iron player, but is 0-2-1 lifetime in match play. And you can't trust Cam Davis and Aaron Wise's putting in a match play situation. Group six would be Xander Schauffele to come out at plus 161. Group seven... Group seven solid. Uh some international talent there. Will Zalatoris opens at 44 to 1 to win. Um, you know, Harris English 181, Andrew Putnam 90 to 1. Neither one of them will make it out of their pool. You know, Zalatoris has come out of this back injury and has struggled. And it's not so much the ball striking. Uh, he putted horrendously over his last two starts at the AP and at the players. My pick for group seven is going to be Ryan Fox to come out at plus 380. And if you aren't familiar with who Ryan Fox is yet, he's been one of the premier players in the European tour over the last year. And he's continued that success into the new year. 20th at the Hero Dubai, 11th at Ross, Alkaima, 17th at the Singapore Classic, and 14th at Bay Hill here on the PGA Tour. 
And at 36 years old, we're watching we're watching Ryan Fox in his prime. And don't be surprised if he makes a run past the pool play. Guy is a winner. Nearly won the Varden Trophy, which is the you know what you get if you win the European Tour Order of Merit. He nearly won that after winning the Alfred Dunhill Lynx in Fife at three of the most prestigious golf courses in Scotland, Kings Barn, St. Andrews, and Carnoustie. Ryan Fox won that golf event last year. He can win on the big stage. Uh, so that's my pick coming out of Group 7, Ryan Fox to come out of there at plus 380. Uh, group 8 is Victor Hovland at 44-1, to 1, Chris Kirk at 100-1, to 1, Siwoo Kim at 63-1, to 1, and Matt Kuchar at 85-1. to 1. Uh, And I'm not playing this group because it will come down to Victor Hovland and Siwoo Kim in a nail-biter. You know, Siwoo Kim was an X-factor for the international team at the President's Cup, and Victor, you know, has been no slouch himself as far as the match play record is concerned. That'd be a hell of a match on Thursday, Siwoo versus Victor. You know, the one thing you don't want to do with Group 8 is fall for the idea that Matt Kuchar has a chance of coming out of here. Um, better chance his waiter gets a tip at a restaurant. I mean, everyone wants to act like Cooch is having some kind of comeback year because he had a seventh place finish at the Sony, um, which is a small golf course that is always going to fit him well. I'll give him credit. He finished well at Riviera. I think he finished eighth there. But this group A will ultimately come down to see Wu or Victor. One of, one of those two will be coming out of that group. Group nine, you have Colin Morikawa at 33 to 1, Jason Day at 40 to 1, Adam Svensson at 144 to 1, and Victor Perez at 195 to 1. You know, Morikawa is 3 3 and 3 lifetime in match play. I have Jason Day coming out of group nine at plus 217. This is a former world number one, of course, who is a past champion of this event. He's 25 and 16 lifetime in match play. And he only has one finish outside of 21st in his last 11 starts. So my pick for group nine is going to be Jason Day at plus 217. You know, and I like Jason Day to win this whole thing at 40 to 1. Um, you know, he's not my number one. I might as well just tell you right now. I have Scheffler to win this whole thing to repeat. My second and final winner of the week is going to be Jason Day at, at 40 to one. Um, this is a guy who it's been coming together week to week. You know, we've been watching him all year long, his iron play is back. He doesn't have that high right shot anymore. He's not complaining about his back all day. He's spending five hours in the putting green. This is the Jason Day that was once world number one. So my two plays coming out of group nine are Jason Day to come out plus 217 and then Jason Day to win the whole thing at 40 to 1. Group 10 is going to be Tony Finau 24 to 1, Kirk Kitayama 123 to 1, Adrian Moronic that's 175 to 1. And Christian Bazoon had it 128 to one odds. I'm a pass on group 10. Finau is in putting great. And the other three, I have nothing but respect for them. They're flat out ballers. Kitayama wanted to he at Bay Hill, slipped on the red, uh, the red cashmere sweater that I wanted Keith Mitchell to win. Adrian Moronic's a great European tour player, and Christian Bazoon has been trending here over the last several months since he switched to to Jeff Smith. Uh, who's also teaching Aaron Wise and Davis Riley. 
Um, so I'm a pass on group 10. I'm a fan of all the golfers in that group. Group 11, Matthew Fitzpatrick at 55 to one, hit the gala 74 to one. Minwoo Lee, 132 to one, is the final group of the players. And JJ Spawn at 105 to one. I'll have to hit the gala coming out of group 11 at plus 280. Um, you know, two top 15s in his last three starts. And I think we all got a great feel for Thagala and Golf's Netflix. Just the family that he comes from, you know, the the good-hearted spirits that, you know, him and his dad have, you know, they have a great father-son relationship. His dad's out there week to week supporting Sahith. You know, a guy at work came up to me today and said, you know, Sahith kind of has that resting intense look on his face, especially when he puts on the Oakleys. But a coworker of mine came in and said, you know, after watching Sahith and golf's Netflix, I mean, what an unbelievable guy, what an easy guy to root for. And I totally agree. Color me obsessed with Sahith the gala. I think this golf course is very welcoming for Sahith. I think if he can just make the putts that he hasn't been making in the recent re- in the recent weeks, I think his ball striking is plenty good enough to be in there. But I really like him at the very least coming out of this group. Uh, and that's hit the gala coming out of group 11 at plus 280. All right, we move along to group 12 uh, where Jordan Spieth opened at 43 to one. Shane Lowry opened at 77 to one, former open champ. Taylor Montgomery Opened at eighty-eight or eighty-one to one on most books. Ton of talking heads love Montgomery this week, and Mackenzie Hughes is the fourth player in Group Twelve at one ninety-four to one to win. Listen, um, a ton of people think Taylor Montgomery is going to pull some kind of Farley Dickinson nonsense in Austin this week, uh, but let me tell you, Jordan Spieth will come out of Group Twelve at plus two ten. Despite what happened on 16 in Tampa, you know, don't sleep on the fact that Spieth has top tens in three of his last five starts and has a 16, 15, and four record in match play. He will dismantle um, Taylor Montgomery if given the chance. Um, heard a lot of talking heads, you know, just drooling over Taylor Montgomery. Um, got no clue on that. This is his first match play. He's never been in a Ryder Cup. He's never been in a President's Cup. Jordan Spieth is the clear, is the clear cut pick out of Group Twelve. We move on to Group Thirteen, where I'm a total pass on Group Thirteen. Sam Burns open at sixty four to one. Seamus Power at ninety five to one. Adam Scott at one sixty four to one, and Adam Hadwin at eighty to one. Burns's game has varied based on venue. Um, I want to lean Adam Scott here. But he hasn't proven he could make. He's making the same putts that got him to the Tour Championship last year. He has not proved that this year. Uh, so I'm a pass on Group 13. I'm a pass on Group 14, where I'm really looking forward to the Tyrell Haddon Ben Griffin matchup tomorrow morning. Um, but I'm a pass there because you have Lucas Herbert, who you know won, I believe, the Saudi International earlier this year. Ben Griffin's on a top 20 surge, and Tyrell Haddon's playing playing great so i'm not sure who comes out of group 14 i'm a pass there i'm a pass on group 15 as well cam young 40 to 1 sep strock at 182 to 1 Corey connor 66 to 1 
Davis Thompson at 247 to one. Thompson, Connors, Cam Young all playing great golf. Uh, so I'm a pass there. Group 16 is Sung JM all day long. He'll come out of group 16 at plus 385 odds over Tommy Fleetwood, who opened at 77 to one. Guy just can't make the putts right now. JT Poston at 131 to one odds. JT Poston's probably going to be Sung Jay's toughest opponent with the way JT or uh, with the way Poston can roll it. And then McNeely is the fourth player in that group at 120 to one odds. But this is really going to come down to Sung Jay. And JT Poston with Sung Jay t- taking group 16 at plus 385. Um, sleeper, real quick to wrap this up. We got Sleeper. We have who makes the final. We have who wins the final. The best bet and the best bet for Corrales Punicana. Uh, the sleeper for the WGC Dell match play is to hit the gala, meeting Rory McElroy, Tyrell Haddon in the quarterfinals this weekend. So Sahith to reach the quarterfinals. At plus 660 is my sleeper for this week. Um, who makes the final? My answer to this is as stock as it comes. You'll see Scotty Scheffler versus John Rahm on Sunday with Scotty Scheffler repeating his title at 12 to 1 odds. So just to review my winners while we have a moment, we have Scotty Scheffler at 12 to 1 and Jason Day at 40 to 1. All right, a break from the WGC Dell Match Play podcast to tell you about a free chance to win $1,000 cash if you beat Greg Shaker's MLB contest uh, where $500 goes to first place and there's a $500 bonus. Now, Greg Shaker has earned uh, 60.6 MLB units last season. For this Beat Greg Shaker MLB contest, the contestant who earns the most MLB units this season wins $500 cash. If the winner earns more units than my guy Greg Shaker did last year, then the contest winner gets an additional $500. That's $1,000 cash. Enter today. It's free. Just go to pregame.com, click on contest to find Beat Greg Shaker MLB contest. Don't wait. The MLB action starts next week. Go Strohs. Join today for your free chance to win $1,000 cash. All right, listen, go to pregame.com, click click on buy picks from any of the, the pregame pros who um, obviously are selling their locks on pregame.com. Go ahead and buy those and use my coupon code DELL20, that's DELL20, for 20% off for listeners for this golf podcast only. That's good for seven days. Once again, go ahead and go to pregame.com, click on buy picks, and use my coupon code DELL20. Best bet for... The Dell match play is going to be Jordan Spieth to reach the final four at 10 to one odds. I just think Spieth is playing phenomenal golf. This, this, this course is not, you don't have to overpower it. And while he's hitting it pretty far as it is, this is still a bit of a placement golf course. There's some holes where you can air it out off the tee, but I think Spieth's going to be right there. Uh, once again, he has been the last five events, whether you know the putting has fallen apart late, like it did at Bay Hill, or even at, at Valspar. I mean, really, a series of things let him down last week. One, the three wood on sixteen, and number two, the putter on seventeen. You know, he he is not, at least for the last you know three events. While he hasn't been as clutch as we want him to, he's been right there against the best players in the world. So my best bet for the Dell match play is going to be Jordan Speed to reach the final four at 10 to one odds. My best bet for Corrales Punicana is Akshay Bhatia to win his first PGA Tour event 
at 35 to one on DraftKings Sportsbook. Finished second two weeks ago in Puerto Rico to earn special temporary membership on the PGA Tour. You know, he didn't make the cut in Tampa last week due to shocking performance around the greens. You know, he got way too aggressive on a, on his approach and started firing at some pins, missing some greens long. And that's never going to be the recipe at Copperhead. But the course in the Dominican is very similar to the setup two weeks ago in Grand Reserve down in Puerto Rico. And I think the 21-year-old uh, will definitely pull some speed magic in the Dominican Republic this week. All right, that's going to do it for the WGC Dell match play. Uh, preview we'll talk next week for the Delero, Valero Texas Open. In the meantime, uh, you know, this will be kind of an ever changing uh weekend as you know they get through pool play, they move to the quarters, uh, or round of 16, the quarters, the semis, um, and then the finals. I will be updating my day to day picks uh through the week on Twitter. You can find me at drmedia59. Uh, feel free to reach out with, to me with any questions, um, and you'll see my picks throughout the week as we get past pool play uh, there on Twitter. All right, talk next week for the Valero Texas Open in San Antonio. We're two weeks away from the Masters. <laughs> <laughs>